0: This is Gene Lance on the Worker's Beat Extra. I'm the president of the Texas Alliance for Retired Americans, the state president. And at the local level here in Dallas County, I'm the president of the Central Labor Council. And I'm also active in my union in the Auto Workers Union, where I'm the president of the retirees. So I feel that I have the right to say a thing or two about May the 1st. Now, not so long ago, Americans hardly ever celebrated May the 1st, but we really got a breakthrough now. There was a big rally down in Austin. Here in Dallas, we did something entirely different with a flying picket. We went around and picketed places. And coming up on May 13th, a little late this year, we'll be celebrating May the 1st with our Central Labor Council. I wrote an op-ed for the Dallas Morning News, which they did not run. They never take much of anything from the unions, but this is what I said. For good reason, Americans are joining the rest of the world in celebrating International Workers' Day this May 1st. We unions enjoy the highest approval rating in decades, over 70%, according to a Gallup poll. Americans regard labor much more highly than any presidential candidate or sitting president. Congress and the Supreme Court can't even get above 40% approval. May 1st is the anniversary of the 1886 worldwide strikes and demonstrations for the eight-hour day. Around the world, it is always a popular holiday but most Americans avoided it after the leaders of the 8-Hour Movement were unjustly hanged in Chicago in 1887. But since 1889, the whole world has remembered those martyrs from Chicago. And now, here in America, we're starting to celebrate it too because unions are kind of on a roll and because we're popular. Dallas labor resumed celebrations in 2021. This year's International Workers' Day picnic was delayed because of the local elections and won't take place until 1 p.m. on May the 13th at the Postal Employees' Hall. The labor movement is not just workers who have the benefit of a union contract. Our allies include all elements of the progressive movement because almost everybody works their entire lives for a paycheck and that makes them workers. Women support labor because labor supports women and wins higher pay and better benefits for them. All of the so-called minorities benefit the same way when they organize. Even the undocumented workers who are maligned and persecuted and picked on everywhere can find refuge and better working conditions by organizing with labor. Organized workers get more than increased pay and better working conditions. When they organize, they get their first taste of dignity and respect on the job. In the political arena, individual workers are practically helpless. But organized labor gives us strength. The Dallas AFL-CIO, just for example, carefully screens the local candidates, endorses the best of them, and works hard to get them elected. During this year's horrendously frightening Texas legislative session, organized labor analyzes every bill, takes a stand, and lobbies all day, every day in the Capitol. If this legislature fails to completely take away local control in the cities, if they fail to completely stop poor people and minorities from voting, if they fail to throw women's rights back into previous centuries, if they fail to turn Texas into a theocracy, and if Texas higher education does not completely lose its standards of integrity, working families can thank the legislative efforts of organized labor because nobody else is standing up for them. The same strong analysis and lobbying effort is true of the AFL-CIO in Washington, D.C. The legislative battle is only part of Labor's defensive war. Across the world, organized workers are organizing, striking, boycotting, and negotiating for better treatment. As this is written, more than 155,000 Canadian public service workers are on strike. I think it's 17,000 members of the Riders Guild in Los Angeles are on strike. Retirees have led gigantic strikes and demonstrations in France. Other nationwide strikes have taken place in Peru, Ecuador, and other nations to our south. In the United States, hundreds of thousands of Teamsters and auto workers are preparing to strike if they don't win better contracts this summer. You can add the American Airlines pilots to that to do too because today they voted uh, strike authorization. TV and film writers in Los Angeles voted 98% for strike authorization and then they did it. Unions are not targeting only traditional blue-collar factory workers thousands of low-paid university employees have joined unions such as the auto workers or communications workers over 300 starbucks coffee employees have already demanded union contracts ice cream scoopers at ben & jerry's are being pleasantly surprised by the news that their employer will not oppose their organizing effort employees at the environmental nonprofit advocacy organization, Texas Campaign for the Environment, won voluntary union recognition for their union with the communications workers. As Americans' faith in other institutions crumbles, this May 1st, it's a good time to work with the labor movement. That's what I sent to the Dallas Morning News. That's what they ignored, and that was what I expected. On May the 1st, just to make sure we did something. I helped organize a strange and innovative new tactic. Well, it's new for us. I copied it out of a book I got about the Teamsters organizing drive in Minneapolis in 1934. It's called Flying Pickets. Back in 1934, the Teamsters were having problems trying to organize all over the city while the cops and the hoodlums of the town were trying to stop them. So what they did was they came up with an idea called flying pickets. And flying pickets means that you try to picket a large number of places in a short period of time over a secret route. So we picked Starbucks this year. We made up a couple of secret routes and we didn't get enough people to do both of the routes, but we did the one that involved using our automobiles, and we drove around from one Starbucks to the next. First, we would go in, maybe buy something, use the bathrooms, talk to people if we could. Then we would leaflet everybody in the place, all the employees and all the customers. Then we would walk outside, and in a quiet and dignified way, we'd go outside and yell our heads off, and reveal our stealth signs. Our stealth signs were made out of file folders. We kept them folded up and under our arm until we got to the picket line. Then we unfolded them, and they said, basically, raise wages. A couple of them said union busting is disgusting. So we chanted and rallied outside the Starbucks for a while, and then off we went to the next one. We organize the whole thing on our cell phones. I think a lot of people could be using this. I'm going to suggest it to the Teamsters when they have to fight for their contract beginning July 31st. If they go on strike, they're going to want to picket the UPS stations, pickup stations all over town. And I think that flying pickets would work out great for them. It didn't work out perfectly for us because traffic was really bad and it was hard to get people to take off work on a working day. But nevertheless, it did work and it will work in the future. So there is another tactic that labor can use. There goes another May 1st that we just passed. The trend is clearly for more action, more militancy, more people participating, and more victories. For labor. This is Gene Lance on the Workers' Beat Extra.